Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to another week. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to If I Didn't Laugh, I Would Cry. How are you all doing? How is it going? What's been happening? You know what I mean? Is life going good? Yeah, I'll be honest. My champagne, my lobsters, my steaks, you know, it didn't last long. <laughs> it did not last long. I was in Luton last week and the weekend. Um, I went to see my parents. But you know, I was actually not well at the weekend. I was not well at all. I went to church and I left after like five minutes. Oh, my days. I had the worst tummy. It was just the worst. It was the worst. I'm not a public toilet user. But let's just say I use the public toilets at church. And I was like, I can't do this. The way driving back to my parents' house, they kind of like live, I would say about 25 minutes to half an hour away from church now. Oh, my gosh. I nearly, I wanted to cry. I want. I wanted to cry and I had visions of me stopping by the roadside because I was I was having the I was having a hard time. When I got in, I used the toilet and I went to sleep. I went to sleep for hours. Yeah, but anyway, TMI, TMI. Um but anyway, this is the concluding episode for this series that we've been doing, the AFI series. I'm going to read out a couple of like fire questions. It's, they're not even rapid. I'm just going to read them out and give rapid answers. So it's going to be more than one um, question and just give rapid answers. Some of them I might turn into the Bible. Some of them I might not. But then I think I'm just going to conclude and say, say my findings. You know what I mean? Of what I found when I have been infiltrating the atheist community. It's just me though. So let's get into it. <laughs> Have I got an embarrassing if I didn't laugh I'd cry story? I think besides the weekend and my tummy ache and basically rushing to the toilet and you know when you just say to yourself, I don't care if anyone hears. It's that bad. I don't care if anyone hears and knows what's going on. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I'm about to die. I don't care. You know, yeah. So I'll think I'll say that, but then I wasn't embarrassed about it, but it's one of those things where I'll, I'll, I would rather... I would rather this didn't happen here. 
I would rather this wasn't happening, period. You know what I mean? But besides that, I don't have another embarrassing if I didn't laugh or cry story. I don't even have anything to rant about. I think I managed to get like an embarrassing story um, somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. My husband's aunt passed away over the weekend. They don't have much family as she was a recluse. I've only met her one time. The expectation was there would be 10 to 15 people at the funeral. My husband got all the funeral information from his sisters. Nothing was sent to me and I didn't double check the information he gave me. We pull into the funeral home 15 minutes early. There are a bunch of cars in a parking lot, most, of, most from out of, um, out of town. I told my husband I thought we were at the wrong funeral, funeral home. He double-checked the message and said at the time and place was correct. I told him I didn't see any of his family's cars. He told me the car beside us was his sister's new car. We walked in and the place is packed. My husband isn't paying any attention and starts to sign the guest book. There is a photo of a man on a motorcycle right in front of his face. I whispered, stop. <laughs> this is not your aunt's funeral. He looks around and we leave. He had written his first name and the first three letters of mine. He asks the funeral director who says her funeral will be here, but not till Thursday. The funeral director was trying not to laugh. I took his phone and looked. His sister definitely told him it was Thursday. That's crazy. So cheeky little low, but that's crazy. Can you imagine going to a funeral twice? Would you leave? I think I would have to stay now just, just because I would feel so bad. Like, <laughs> I would stay. No, I don't know if I would stay. I don't even, I've never been to a funeral. So this would be a bit tough. I'd be like, I'd, my aunt's dead. So I don't want to see another dead person. So, but that would be a bit mad. Anyway, thought I should share that with you because I thought it was a bit jokes. I actually hadn't read all of this, so I didn't actually know where it was going to go. <laughs> I just read, walked into the wrong funeral, and I was like, that's, that's his story. That's his story I'm going to read out. So hope it gives somebody a log, you know what I mean? Why do religious people think that horrible events will help you find God? After three sons, I found I was expecting a girl. I never cared about gender, but was happy to be expecting. At eight months, my baby stopped moving. She had died. Unsurprisingly, I was devastated. I struggled to sleep or eat. I went to bereavement counselling. The counsellor kept trying to push me to find God to help me in my grief. If I made no sen it, it made no sense to me. If God had made me pregnant, then killed my baby, he's a huge arsehole. If life was great, then maybe God would make sense in some way. I left counseling because I just got irritated at the counseling's stupid faith-based thinking. I felt it was very inappropriate of her to try and push her beliefs onto me. Firstly, I apologize because this is something tough to really be experiencing. And also, as somebody who does believe in God, when I have gone through something that's quite traumatic and tragic and somebody goes you know, somebody brings up God, you know, historically, it's, it's hurt me even more because I have had the same questions of, well, if God really does care about me, then why would this happen to me? Ra ra ra. But to have God exist is to also have evil exist and to, is to also have bad things exist. If God is all good, then there is a force that's all bad. You understand me? So, you know, you had this good news that you were having a baby girl, and then tragedy happened and you lost your baby girl. And again, you know, part of life is dying, 
right? Death can happen to anybody at any age, right? Um, God did not cause you to be pregnant. You had sex and got pregnant. You get me? Kids are a blessing, but God did not cause you to be pregnant because if that's the case, then I can claim that God caused me to be pregnant out of wedlock. But how does that make any sense? Because as a Bible-believing Christian, I know that pregnancy out of wedlock is not part of God's will. Am I making sense here? So, cool, you got pregnant, but it's not God who was in there laying with you. But children are a blessing. So here it is. You did a natural thing that produces kids. A child was produced, and here we are. I get that. But now your baby is lost. That's sad news. That's not good stuff. Yeah, that's not the good stuff we like in life. That's bad news. Um. I do, I do agree that it's not right for somebody to push their beliefs on you, especially if they have engaged, if you believe in it or not. But one thing I know when people are doing this, it's like it's not with bad intentions. Because we tend to, we tend to move how we navigate life, yeah? So when people are talking to me, whether they're a Christian or not, I usually say, I believe in God, so therefore my views are X, Y, and Z. You understand? I've given you a disclaimer that my worldview is not the same as a general worldview. So some people can give a general advice. My advice is not general. You know, my advice is personalized to my true beliefs, which is God. You know what I mean? I live my life believing in God. So it's like if I was a counselor and I wanted to impart some stuff about God, I would seek consent first because counseling should be I suppose unless it's a niche practice where they are faith-based or you know this beforehand, you know, you seek out somebody who does believe in God. It's something that should be, um, I should ask first if you're you're comfortable with that, if that makes sense. So that's unfortunate. I do agree that, you know, people shouldn't be pushing these things, but I don't think it was with malice to push this. It's almost as if this woman's worldview or this man's worldview is basically that's how they navigate life. So that that's what works for them, you know, but because that's what works for them doesn't mean that that's what will work for you. But that's advice that only they know how to give. And also, it's not even to be like, feel sorry for us. But when you believe in God and you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you want to share this with God all the time. However, the truth of the matter is God isn't, you're not having these horrible events for you to find God because for you to find God is for you to believe in God already in order for you to find God. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Because if a horrible event can push me away from God as somebody who already believes in God, then if I was not a Christian, a horrible event will probably push me further down. But maybe it's in the depths of your sadness that you have nothing left to give that you maybe could find God. God works in mysterious ways. However, God did not cause you to lose your baby, just like God did not cause you to get pregnant. You understand? You have got the free will to get pregnant and circumstances happen that you lost your baby, you know? And I know this because the wages of sin is death and the sin fiasco started when Eve and Adam decided to disobey God and they told them, you will surely die. Generation, it's a generational curse, this death, this death thing, right? Children are not immune to it. Old people are not immune to it. 
our aunties, uncles, brothers, sisters, mums and dads, nieces, nephews, no one is immune to it. Our pets, everybody dies and everything dies. Every single season we see the leaves dying and falling off. Everything dies. That's the sin effect. You understand? So it's not God causing it. It's actually humans who caused it. And we're just seeing the after effects of everything. Like I said, it's a generational curse. It's only going to break when Jesus comes. However, glory, if you do find God, then glory, right? But these things should help us ponder. And I feel like if you know the sin effect and you know the origins of sin and you know why things like this happen, it makes you find God even more because I wouldn't want this and I don't think anyone would want this, but losing anything or anyone or going through a horrible event, you know, it tests you. A non-believer, you'll be tested. A believer, you'll be tested as well. More so a believer because you're thinking, oh my gosh, why God? Like, why? You know, can you not see my sorrow? But that's when you have to deep that this life is so temporary and there is a whole greater background noise going on of why all of these things happen. You realize you're just an extra in a feature film. You get me? You're just an extra. But your life is just as important and what happens to you is just as as important as well. You're the main character of your own story, but you're an extra in the bigger picture of Satan and God. The Satan and God battle. You get me? But um, don't lose heart. You know what I mean? Don't lose heart. Um, We have no control over these things. There is nothing we can do to stop death from happening to somebody. You understand there is nothing we can do to not have miscarriages. There's nothing we can do to have to not have stillborns. There's nothing we can do to lose our children when they're teenagers, older people. There is nothing we can do. Life is just sad and wicked, but that's the sin effect, you know. And I know it means nothing to people who don't believe, but mark me. You understand it's just the sin effect. It's a domino effect and it's a generational curse and it's never going to stop. It's never going to end. And without God as well, life makes even more noise. It doesn't make sense even more. You get me? But we have to understand that we make choices and choices, you know, have certain outcomes and those outcomes can breed other outcomes. And that's just the loop of life, you know, um, I'm sure people don't get in their cars thinking I'm going to die today, but they made a choice to get in their car. And that's just the day that happened that they died. You know, I can, I'm going to go to bed at some point today. I not wait. I might not wake up tomorrow, but it doesn't mean that God killed me. It just means that death has caught up with me now. That's it. You know, and it's sad. It's really sad, but let's not blame God for everything. Okay. Because evil also does exist. Because if we were to blame God for people losing their babies, then at the same breath, we've got to also blame Satan to say maybe it could have been Satan. So now we're in a tug of war, back and forth of who done it. Let's say who done it moment. Next question. The Bible God claims to know the future, but I don't find any evidence demonstrating that his this character acted with any future knowledge. This knowledge of the future appears to be a baseless claim. This God consistent, consistently um, gets surprised by humanity's actions and he goes into fits and starts killing. 
Can you imagine if this God actually had the knowledge of the future? He would have mentioned us, I suspect. He would have probably mentioned electric cars, maybe flushing toilets, perhaps dams that make water available during the drought. How about taking close-up images of the celestial bodies? On the flip side, if he knew the future, then all the killing was pre-planned. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Why would God waste his time telling you about electric cars? Isn't that just human knowledge that God has given to human anyway? I've been saying it. But then again, let me not let me not be unfair. This is a spiritual battle. It's a battle between good and evil. It's actually a war between good and evil. So spiritually, our mindsets, the things we do are dictated by good or evil. That's why some people are morally deranged and some people seem like angels. We have all heard it in society. Oh my gosh, she's an angel. And then some people you're going, that's literally the devil because of their behaviors and their choices. Okay. There, those are powers working behind these people. You understand? That's called principalities and spiritual things. You know what I mean? Higher places. Things that are, are above us, that elude us. You understand? So why would God waste his time writing to us about things that have got no spiritual bearing in the Bible? His instructions on how to build an electric car. He gave us knowledge and wisdom now. Nah? You understand? Nothing we can say, we can even claim to be like, oh, we did that because God gave us the knowledge to do things like that. And I'll tell you why I'm saying this. When Moses was instructed to build a tabernacle, you know, he was told everything, specific details about how the materials are going to be, the colors of everything, how, what colors they should dye things, um, what kind of jewels um, they should put on it, like, you know, if it was emeralds or whatever it was, right? And he said, I need people who are going to do this, artisans and all these people, all these things, the uniforms that the priests were going to be wearing, even, even to the turbans, yeah? Even, even the small details like the tassels, yeah? The small details like what kind of wood they should use. God gave specific instructions. Then he said, I will fill my man, I will fill them people there who are going to be doing this with wisdom so they know how to do it. You really think God doesn't know the future? You really think God didn't give man wisdom and knowledge on how to make electricity so life is easier for us or how to build cars so life is easier for us. But you think God is going to waste time writing these details, these minor minute details that only benefits man, right, in the Bible when the Bible is full of spiritual things that benefit man for eternal life. You want God to write things that benefit man for present life only come on now come on now sometimes i think we have questions and we ponder in it and we say we're on quest for truth but the questions is like we are asking such minor things that that leave us in the same place that don't help us move forward i know of a particular religion right that their 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 wisdom their god has written prophecies and it's like you know there's gonna be a box and you're gonna see you're gonna be seeing pictures on this box or there's gonna be skyscrapers and stuff ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's a prophecy. My God's prophecies is you're going to see these signs in the stars. You're going to see these signs in the in creation. You're going to see these stars, these signs. Why? Because I'm the creator of these things. So I control these things. So when the time is near, when the, the time is coming to an end, you're going to see these signs in my creation. What? Come I'm I'm lo- I'm at loss for words. I'm at a loss for words. Yes, God does see the future, right? But God doesn't get surprised by humans' actions. He gets saddened by it. He feels sorrow by it. Because he's giving people the thing is, he knows your thoughts, but he leaves you to it to have the free will. You understand? Evil needs it's like me smacking Olivia. Not let me not even give that story. One time I was driving to work. All right. I was living with my friend Biggs and I was driving into work and there was a BMW that was in the right lane and I was in the left lane. And this was like a just a normal um, urban road, but it was like a dual road. And this this um, BMW was in front of me. So I moved into the left lane. Yeah, that's how it became to be in different lanes. And then suddenly the lights go on. It's an undercover police car. Whoop, whoop, pulls me over. And he goes, well, you, you were planning on undertaking me. And I looked at him. I said, well, well how do you know that? He goes, because you move lanes. I said, but how do you know I was going to undertake you if I haven't done it? He, and then he looked at me. He was like, um, I said, Wouldn't you let me undertake you first and then pull me over? But you pulled me over before I did the crime. He looked at me like, uh, so deep it now. God knows the future. Yes, he does. But why would he then, if if all heavenly hosts and the devil who's accused him of not being just, right? Why would he, the devil doesn't know what you're going to do next. You don't know what you're going to do next. The people around you don't know what you're going to do next. Why would he, right, kill you off, for example, without you doing the action that made him kill you off, for example? Am I making sense here? I hope someone is following. You don't know your actions. You don't know your outcomes. The angels don't know your actions or outcomes because they can't read your mind, you know? Um, the devil doesn't know your actions or you can't read your minds because you haven't done it. You must first do the thing. If you are a purely evil person, like some of the people in the Bible who got killed off were evil. And the reason why, actually, I think I've already spoken about this before. The reason why God um, killed off many nations because of what they were practicing. They were disgusting and evil. They were sacrificing children to their idols, to their gods constantly every day and they 
their thoughts that they thought were evil continually. But there were people in some of these nations that were spared because they repented, if that makes sense. They acknowledged that God's laws and the Israelites, the way they were living was a better way. And this was, yes, we can see this is better. You know what I mean? So how can we claim then that God doesn't know the future? Shouldn't we now see the mercies of God? Shouldn't we see the grace of God in this? That he doesn't actually just zap us and drop us dead every two seconds. You understand? Because if that was how God truly works, the way he described this, to be like he goes into fits and starts killing, then we would all be dead because we're all vile. We all do really, really wicked things. You understand? But God lets everybody's characters truly manifest. And if you are truly evil, lacking good, yeah, then yeah. <laughs> why should you be the cancer that spoils everybody else who are trying to be good? You get me? And usually, like I said, the way God goes about it is he just removes his spirit from you and evil falls upon you anyway. Because if you read the Bible, there is a verse in Revelation that says there are angels holding the four winds of strife from on the four corners of the earth. If you don't know what the four corners are, is north, east, southwest. The four corners of the earth, angels are holding the winds of strife so that catastrophe doesn't hit us all at once. That's God's divine providence that we are even breathing and living. And the wind doesn't take us out because we know nature. Yo. So God does know the future. But why would he tell you about a flashing toilet? How does that help your salvation? How does an electric car help your salvation? How does dams that preserve water that he created help your salvation? We should be thanking God for giving us the knowledge. For giving us the knowledge to even do the things that we've done. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. But the thing is, God can give us the divine knowledge that we need to make our lives better. But don't take credit for it yourself because you are not your creator. Okay? Baby, come down. You know what I mean? And if that's how we're going to look at it, then take make at least give your teachers credit because they taught you these things like physics or whatever it is. But we're so full of ourselves. We think <laughs> we just landed on this. We just woke up doing this. Calm down. Calm down. On the flip side, if he knew the future, then all the killing was pre-planned. No. No, because actually, if you deep it, we kill each other. <laughs> we kill each other. God God doesn't do... We kill each other. We do it to ourselves. Last question. I wish God was real. I'm having this somber feeling there is a war in Ukraine. I'm seeing news about Palestine and Israel. And even though I'm not... I'm trying not to... For my own sanity. Not to ignore all other terrible things that are happening. But this conflict, this conflict to me is so visible that it is hard to ignore. It is hard to close your eyes to what's going on around the world. With all the pain and suffering around us, I wish God descended from heaven and showed everyone guidance as religious people believe. Render all conflicts useless. I'm questioning right now if I'm an atheist because I pursue truth or if I'm trying to be optimistic. Because I do not know how people can believe that God exists and God is good. How can you see all these terrible things and say to yourself, God is great? And that is what I cannot understand. The world does not look so great right now. Seems to me that all this horror makes it easy to accept that God is not real. That is the most optimistic thing to believe. I do not see how shouting at each other slurs and accusing each other of atrocities is helpful to resolve anything. I cannot understand how people fail to see the mirror is our own 
of our own in the faces of others. All the bad things that other people can do, we are capable of. And when people uh, fall to their knees, instead of giving them a hand to lift them up, we push them down. Um, otherize and dehumanize. I don't know what that means, to be honest. They're otherized by a bit. And then wonder why they're acting as if they lost their humanity. There is nothing more dangerous than a belief you could not fall from grace in yourself, right in your self-righteousness. <laughs> Snaps fingers. What happened to the idea that we should turn the other cheek? Such a great idea. Wish it was practiced more. I believe in love. I believe in humanity. I know we can do better. Um, we can indeed overcome our differences and come together, shake each other's hands and acknowledge that we live in harmony, call each other brothers and sisters, not in blood, but in our intelligence and conscience. We are not citizens of countries, but of the same cosmos. Don't we see the same sun every morning? Don't we see the same stars at night? Is it not big enough for all of us? Is it not enough? It is just these days. It's hard to believe that. I wish people practice temperance, love, and compassion. I wish people practice what they preach. Love you all. Give a hug to your close ones, for I believe they may need it. Let us forget about conflicts for one moment and remember to um, to love. Um, edit. For people who missed my point, I wish the God that religious people claim to be all merciful was real, which means I wish none of all needless suffering in history existed. Not that I wish for God that continues to do nothing if he existed, which I don't believe exists in the first place. Interesting. Interesting. Because everything this person wishes for is what God tells us to be. <laughs> you understand? If I tell somebody not to do something and they do it, is that on me or is that on that person? Am I making sense? If I tell a group of people to do something, and only two out of 15 people do that thing, am I now going to tell off the, the, the other people who didn't do it, right? Am I telling off the 13? No. What I'm going to do is I'm going to praise the two. And when it is time, I will say to them, when they're going, well, why didn't you do, why do, aren't you praising us? I'll go, hold on a minute, you all had the same instructions. So why would I praise you when these two are the only people who done it, right? But do I not need do I not um, need to see this play out before the, any of these things can take place? So the God of the Bible, Israel, right? The God of the Bible tells us to be compassionate. Let me read you guys Matthew, Matthew chapter five, verse thirty-eight, and then I'm gonna read all the way to forty-eight. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hurt you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, that um, what reward have you? 
do not do not even the tax collectors do the same if you greet your brethren only what do you do more than the others do not even tax collectors do so therefore you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect um this illustration about you know, if I'm only showing love to my brother, to my sister, right? It's basically saying, because tax collectors back in the day were the worst of the worst, in it? They were thugs. They were HMRC on steroids. <laughs> they were like individual organizations, freelancers, yeah? People knew this man there, that's collecting tax for the government. He's, he's putting some in his pocket. And I still think that happens to this day. And everybody hates HMRC unless it's the tax rebate. You get me. But it's saying if you love your family only, the people you love only, don't the worst of the worst do the same thing. Didn't Hitler have kids and a family that he loved? Somebody thought Hitler was the best ever. Somebody called Hitler his, their best friend. Somebody said, Daddy, you are the best to Hitler. You understand? Did Ted Bundy not have people that he loved or cared about in quotes you understand what I'm saying here yeah do you understand um basically it's saying that based what this person said we all see the same sun we all are in the same cosmos basically we're sharing the space why don't we just love each other it's because, again, there is a split of people. There are some who are good, some who are bad. Some people have just got a bad bone inside of them who are greedy, who are full of envy, who are full of jealousness. You understand? And there's a reason why we've got these other words to describe bad things. It's because people have demonstrated and people demonstrate that, right? These wars aren't going to stop happening purely because it's prophecy. God, the God who sees the future said there will be wars and rumors of wars. A nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. People, yeah, yeah, a son will rise up against their dad. A dad will rise up against their own kids. It's coming. It's going to happen. You understand? Yeah. I read a story not long ago. A woman um, told, actually, I saw a TikTok. A woman was telling story time on how, she, her husband was having an affair with her mother. And when she broke up with her husband and moved out, her mother moved in this, the same day. That's family. What kind of wicked woman would do this and what kind of wicked man would do this? And they had a newborn as well. They just had a newborn, right? So there are people who are evil, who do evil things, who think wicked thoughts and who do wicked things, right? So we're not going to live in a world that's perfect. However, God is telling us the remedy to everything that we experience is exactly what this person has said. Why don't we just show love and love each other and respect each other? And we don't, we don't, we have enough space for everyone to get some, but no, usually I want what another person has. That's why when I'm on TikTok and I'm seeing people showing off their houses in the comments is manifesting this dream. And it's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> you've got something different live with that you know what i mean like or aspire to work towards this but it has to be your own thought your own life your own things you can afford and your own taste that's why i see the houses that look just the same because everybody's just copying each other but that's what our minds are like we want what others have constantly you know that's why we've got sayings like is the grass green on the other side because i'm happy with my man but then i look at another woman and i'm going i want what she has how do you know that she's happy so we are supposed to first be satisfied in ourselves we are first um supposed to know god to have god lead in our lives and to know god is to 
um, walk the way God wants you to walk. And if you walk the way God wants you to walk, then you are going to love your neighbor. You know, you are going to turn the other cheek. And by turning the other cheek, it's not to be like, oh, slap me on the other one then. It's basically saying you have to exercise patience with these people. You understand? Instead of you paying back, give them the other cheek, which means, yo, do what you need to do in it. But I am not retaliating. I know it's really tough, but that's what it's meant to do. And it's be saying that if somebody compels you to go one mile, then go, go to if somebody asks you, give it to them. If somebody wants to borrow from you, do not turn them away and be like, oh, I don't have it. Sometimes you really don't have what they want to borrow in it. But I have given money that I knew this was my last money, right? And in my heart, I was thinking, this is my last money. What am I going to do? But if somebody is asking for money, it means they are worse off than me. Am I making sense? So this is what the Bible is teaching us to do. And those people, they don't forget that. They don't forget that unless obviously they're evil-minded people, then they will forget that. But most people don't. So we are meant to love. We are meant to be doing good. We are meant to be loving more than just our family. We're meant to be loving our neighbors as well. We're meant to be loving everybody, you know, and we're meant to be loving even the worst of the worst, even the people that are unlovable, we're still meant to be showing them love and still showing them compassion, you understand? Because there are so many things that are at play in people's characters. But again, the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So, yeah, these have been interesting. I hope I haven't spoken too fast and too loud, but whatever. <laughs> it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want to. Um... And if I have offended you, then please, 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 please go and gossip about me with somebody because I'm not interested. Your core is not with me. It is with God as usual. To conclude of what the findings I have found is a lot of people want to believe in God. But it's like there is a resistance it's like you're saying, an atheist can say I'm a truth seeker and, you know, you haven't proven to me that God is real yet. And this, I'm yet to be convinced that God is real. But what are you doing in your quest to find God? How, when you say I've read the Bible, how were you reading the Bible? Because some of us read the Bible as a book that is full of wisdom, full of God, right? Full of mysteries, full of supernatural um abilities if that makes sense because you find out things that hey every time you i read the bible the same verse i i feel something different i go rah it's like things get revealed to me without sounding crazy things get revealed to me um on a larger scale it's like you gain more and more wisdom especially if you ask for wisdom to understand you gain more and more wisdom you get me so if you're reading the bible for argument purposes then you're not reading the bible for the right reasons are you Am I making sense? You're not reading the Bible for the right reasons. Because if you're a truth seeker, you are going to seek the truth with intent, with interest, and with humbleness. Okay? But if I am seeking the truth or I'm seeking something for the purpose of debunking an argument or something, that is not a good spirit to have. So my conclusion is everybody, well, most of the atheists that I've come across and the things that I've read, they even though they claim that there isn't, and they claim that they are happy, 
But the fact that this is your point of discussion all the time, there's a community with tens and thousands of people online at every hour, right? To me, it tells me that there is something missing in your life. You've got a deep, massive hole in your life that you are desiring to fill by being in each other's echo chambers, right? It's like... This talking about religion and talking about the Bible, God, mostly it's Christianity. They they simply cannot stand behind, right? It's like it charges you up, gives you energy. But you, if you end up going there every single time and you're in this group every single time, then how much energy does it actually give you? To me, those are people who need God the most. To me, those are people who are lost the most. To me, those are the people who are calling out to God, but they're also too stubborn to allow God to come into their lives, you know? So what I have found is as well, the irony on the contradictions of what they say. They say, Christians are this, Christians are on the attack all the time, and, and Christians say this, and religion is the cause of hate, and that's why I'm not, I don't back it. But their pages are full of hate. How ironic is that? <laughs> The irony of it all, you understand. So I just think, you know, people in um, glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And this last person couldn't have put it better. Um, couldn't have put it better um, because this is what we need. You understand? This is what we need as people. Um, we need to overcome our differences. The thing is, our differences don't, actually make us unique you understand it's like i'm hating on somebody because they're different to me but it's like shouldn't that be the thing that draws me to a person to find out more about that person and i think that the reason why we tend to shun each other because of our differences is mainly fear fear of what we're gonna find if we like it fear of liking it right and fear of something that's just different you know God forbid you actually like a black person when you've been conditioned to hate black people. God forbid you find God when all your life you have said to yourself, God is not real, right? So the fear of all of that, the fear of being ostracized by your people by saying, I found God now. Your people are like, whoa, you're the biggest atheist I've ever known. And then suddenly maybe falling out with the people that you've known or even conceding to the families that these people slag off all the time online to be like, my mom is so religious and it's really annoying. And then one day conceding and saying, I believe in God. It's like you fear the judgment you're even going to get from the people who were trying to teach you. But to know, you know, what? it doesn't matter. In heaven, there are only hallelujahs. You know what I mean? That's all you should care about. God your relationship with God, how God sees you. But most atheists say that they don't care about this God, but I just don't think they understand God. And I think the reason why we're humans are also so horrible to each other is because we don't understand each other. You don't understand me, therefore you've concluded you don't like me and or you don't understand black people, therefore you've concluded you don't like black people and black people deserve to die. That's just an example because I'm black. You understand. Um, so that's where a lot of things stem from lack of understanding, a lot of fear and you know, what? a lot of pride as well. Humans have got a lot of pride, but humans aren't unique. We're not unique in the way we think and the way we feel. It's just, we share different views and stuff. However, I think there is a God shaped hole and void in everybody's life who doesn't have God, you know? And I think the truth you're seeking is the meaning of life 
and you will never have an answer to the meaning of life unless you find God. Otherwise, you're always going to be floating, you know, thinking you found the meaning of life, thinking you found fulfillment, finding yourself depressed again because you haven't found the meaning of life, finding yourself depressed again because you're not fulfilled anymore. And then you find another thing and you go, this is what life is all about. And then you're like, yes, truly, I found the meaning of life. And then suddenly that doesn't work out and you're depressed again and you're wondering what's the meaning of life. And you're never going to find it because God is the meaning of life. God is the meaning of life. God is life, you know, but I don't expect atheists to understand it purely because, um, again, there's a sheer stubbornness that I feel. But one thing I know is there is one person who will hear this, right? There is one person who will hear this, who will maybe share it with somebody who is a non-believer. Hopefully I don't put them off, (laughs) but something will speak to them and maybe they will see the truth in the things that I'm saying you know, Um, but we tend to resist God a lot. We tend to wrestle with God a lot. And sometimes we just conclude, oh, well, it's it's not worth it. But I promise you, like Jacob, if you wrestle long enough and you say, I won't release you until you bless me, you will have that blessing and you will see the value of God in your life. You know, I have seen the value of God in my life and I can't see my life without God. Now I understand that all tragedies that happen, it's not because God has done it to me. Of course, God has willed it to happen, as in like he's allowed it to happen, but it's not God doing it to me. Am I making sense? But let me not go down that rabbit hole because I think I already ranted about it earlier. But friends, this is the last episode of the series. If you have enjoyed it and you want to let me know, then you can email me at Tawanga with three A's at gmail.com or if I didn't laugh I'd cry at gmail.com or you can message me text me on 077 nah just kidding (laughs) just kidding you thought you thought but otherwise please 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 um I appreciate everyone who tunes in to listen allow me to take this little two-week break and I'm gonna come back with a new series that we're gonna be delving into I'm excited about the next series we're gonna be doing personally but I'm gonna leave it as a little bit of a surprise yeah, a little bit of a cliffhanger. Come back, you understand. Come back and listen. Um, but thank you so much, everyone who listens. And I hope I haven't truly offended somebody with my words by being careless, you know. I hope you understand that some of the things I say are in jest. But for the most part, genuinely, take it to the Lord in prayer. Because you can quarrel with me all you like. But you might not get what you're looking for. You might not get the arguments you're looking for. But with God, you get the enlightenment that you need and the wisdom that you require. Um, But if you want to have a civilized conversation, then yeah, come on. (laughs) Anyway, let me leave it there, friends. Let me leave it there. Let me leave us with something. Yeah, let me leave us with, in the spirit of, you know, the atheist community. And you know what? I hope I haven't, again, I have hope I haven't come across as if I hate them because I don't actually. So in the spirit of loving everybody and loving our neighbor, I am going to leave us with this. Do good to those who hate you. Wah, wah, wah. I'm sorry the episode is over, but please tune in next week for another exciting journey. Goodbye, goodbye, bye, bye, bye. Have good vibes.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.